Hello, hello, and welcome to Baki Taki Season 2, Episode 12, Completion. That's what we always call the penultimate episode of the season, uh, the one where we complete things. Um, but this is the completion of Muhammad Ali's storyline and, I guess, life's work. Um, so, to bring us up to speed, we have a returning guest on the show. It's my brother, Jeff. Hey, I'm back, everyone. Hello, Baki Taki crew. There you go. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we had coined that last time we had you on. No, it was coined in my episode, but not by me. <laughs> it's by Ali at the end of my episode. Oh, yeah. Use it. Oh, man. What a, what a impressive recollection there. It's almost like somebody's listened to their own episode a few times. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> So, uh, you probably know what I'm going to ask here. Uh, for my returning guests, uh, because we know what shows you watch and uh, what you know about Baki. Um, but I, I've been trying to cast uh, our version of the Baki cinematic universe. If you could cast... So we've already done a lot of the main players in this episode. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess really the, the one we haven't is uh, Baki himself. So if you had to cast the titular Baki in Baki for a live action uh, Big Bucks remake who would you cast? Well, first off, thank you for the privilege uh, and I'm just going to go with what immediately jumped into my head and I think would work really well which is Robert Pattinson <laughs> um, I really think he would he could play the like really kind of off-kilter uh, understated performance of Baki uh, really well and people would pay to see him ripped so i think it's a win-win for for all around i you know what i like that i like that and it would get him off of that stupid batman stuff we could just um yes, focus on exactly what matters cool all right well jumping into this episode this is the the payoff to muhammad ali's storyline which has been going on for the last honestly the entire season um so it starts last off in the hotel. Season even, really. Yeah, yeah. They teased about this last season, so we know it's going to be good. And this this climax. Yeah, boy, oh boy, <laughs> the, the payoff is worth it. I can't, I can't believe when it, when I asked you about this episode, you you said you forgot that they fought because it was <laughs> it's such a good fight. Um, but before that, uh, Muhammad Ali goes from his hotel to the underground fighting arena, and. Um, I, I had to point out, he interacts with, I think, the three most fancy men I've ever seen in my life. Like, did you notice? I, like, I definitely had recollections to my, my original episode begins with Dorian being greeted by a clown. And that <laughs> yes. kind of felt, I, had, I got very similar vibes here as like, the fancy hat man greets him at the door, and then the fancy cab driver greets him, and then the fancy Dorian lookalike. Greets the fancy, him at the underground the fancy fighting Dorian look like with very indeterminate size. Like sometimes he looks like <laughs> Dorian's size, and then sometimes he's Muhammad Ali's size. Yeah, sometimes the camera is right up on his face for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were very fancy. For I sure. I loved it. Like the first guy, for description's sake, literally is wearing a top hat, and that's like the doorman to his hotel. And the second guy looked like the snootiest It doesn't look like a hotel, person. also. I thought he was walking out of, like, an office building or a hospital. <laughs> I don't think they'd give you a top hat at the hospital, unfortunately. It, well, that's, it, how, that's how I figured it out, yeah. <laughs> it is true, yeah. The building doesn't look as nice on the outside. 
but yeah so muhammad ali is uh shuttled across the city um his driver makes some fun conversation with him i i, I forgot the other thing they, they're all very fancy men but they all are also i would describe as condescending towards um muhammad ali jr i really admire your courage I mean, going up against the champion without using any banned techniques. I think that's quite brave of you. Like, I think it's really brave that you're going to fight Baku. With, you know, well, that... I just can't help but admire Muhammad Ali's courage. Um, <laughs> which the guy says like five times. <laughs> Let's just go. It appears we have a huge crowd tonight. They're all here to witness your courage. Everybody, everybody's like really pumped that he's uh, he's doing this in the same way that like you'd be pumped if your like fourth grade child challenged like LeBron James to one on one. <laughs> it yeah, it'd be really brave, <laughs> especially yeah. especially if this fight against LeBron James was to the death. Um, which... <laughs> I, I'd pay to go see it for sure. Oh my gosh! Which yeah. a lot of people have. I also like how. I feel like this was a little bit of a continuity in his line because this is the first time I think of the show that there seems to be this huge respect for Baki. Like we didn't get that a lot in the death row inmate saga. So the guy does say, I'm, I'm impressed that you're fighting the champ without any banned techniques, which I assume could mean, you know, um, poison hands or guns or all that jazz, which would make it more impressive, yeah. less impressive. Or hold, I don't know. He might hold his breath for a while. Um, just out of nervousness does that count as banned who knows <laughs> imagine if um, Muhammad Ali walked up and put his hand over Baki's nose and did the uh, oh it's only 6% oxygen Baki, Baki is kind of like a taskmaster like once he's seen your trick you can't beat him with it anymore from here on out if something equally damaging were to happen again no way each cell will know how to overcome it Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I, I I don't think I, I think that the fight would probably end close to how it actually ends. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's very condescending. Uh, one bit of foreshadowing I wanted to call out while Muhammad Ali is walking through the hall uh, with with the Dorian lookalike. Yeah, um, he's very sweaty. <laughs> uh, he's like nervous, and he's got a lot of perspiration visible all over his body and face. Yep. and uh, that'll come up again but we'll, we'll, I just wanted to call that out but Muhammad Ali very wet individual today I, th I think he's a very hydrated person he might, he, might, he might just be like bursting at the seams with hydration so uh, he enters the arena which we got, we got some more description of how the arena actually works um, this is what I understood there's an arena and then you take an elevator and then underneath is the secret arena was it, did or am I just making that up so I I have no idea it this this arena definitely confused me a little bit especially because we'll get it at the end there's a lot of arenas in this episode um, and they're not necessarily the same ones <laughs> um, even though they're very similar purpose-wise uh, yeah, it looked like you went underground to an elevator that took you deeper underground. I think yeah. that's, I think that's what you said, and I think that's what I saw. Yeah. So as he walks in, you know, he's getting ready. He's gonna fight the champ Baki Hanma, um, and we see a red blur 
uh, zoom onto the uh, onto the uh, stage or the well, first off, he's got an hour to warm up and change. Um, <laughs> yes. He just punches in the air for a while, but yes, he he then walks into the arena, um, and I just want to say, continuing before we get to the red meteor, continuing the theme of um, people being condescending, the crowd looks like all of the other people. Like they're they're not bloodthirsty, they're not excited, they're just kind of like, look at this guy. He's he's really coming. He's really gonna do it. It did. It did look like they literally were just bringing people in off the street, like just, you know, a bunch of people, like a very just cross section of everyday life has come to yep. watch this battle to the death. Um, I want to restate. But yeah, so uh, Yujiro uh, jumps onto the stage. He'll be here. The man who's stronger than anyone else. He's about to appear out of the darkness to defeat me. Yujiro Hanma. What did you? What were your thoughts on Yujiro here? Because I, 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 I had a thought on it, but I, I want to get your thoughts first. Well, first off, I think everybody's thinking it's going to be Baki, and it, then it's not. And at that point, you're kind of like, well, this is going to be a quick episode. Um. <laughs> I don't. Yujiro's not even lying down on the floor just to taunt him, so this fight would presumably go a lot faster. It was funny. Muhammad Ali kept saying things like, "I've got to fight the champ, the strongest person," and I'm like, and it's like, "Oh, you mean Yujiro?" And then Yujiro jumps yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why Yujiro showed up uh, to this. I think he was anticipating the conclusion. I think that's why he was there. Um, I think he has two of his probably coolest moments of the entire series in this episode and one of them is the Yujiro meteor where he <laughs> appears in just a red explosion uh in front of Muhammad Ali and he's gigantic even yeah. compared to Muhammad Ali who's who's pretty big himself big and small yeah um but that 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 his jump in at first i was thinking he looks like this looks like a move that Knuckles the Hedgehog would do. Like, he is literally a ball of red energy. But then I realized, if somebody were to make a personification of Knuckles the Hedgehog, it would just be Yujiro. Um, so. Yeah, Yujiro is, uh, is uh, what is it? Uh, Knuckles, like, Mary Sue OC in his, like, story he made. Yeah, block. yeah. It's it's Knuckles through the lens of Knuckles wanting to be a human. Is <laughs> Yujiro Hanma. So I, another fun thing to think about that moment is like, what did it look like from the audience perspective? Did did he just like come in the door and sprint down the aisle, and then <laughs> jump in off from the crowd, or was he hiding somewhere? Um, we don't know, I'd have any answers oh, to these. Nor I, re- will we I ever really, I really like the idea of him with like a trench coat and like a hat on, so nobody knows that he's in the audience. <laughs> he saw somebody hide in disguise once, so he was like, "Well, that's easy." He's trying um, to like, he's trying to flag a waiter down, and they keep ignoring him, and he's just like, "Oh, if they, if only they knew I was really Ujiro." <laughs> yeah, he here. wasn't planning on revealing himself, but he just was like, "I gotta get some service somehow. Let's show him I'm the ogre." strongest man oh man so he comes down yeah and basically serves as baki's hype man um just saying how great baki is and that one day baki will fight him and yeah then... I'll, I'll say so uh stacy watched this episode 
with me the second time so i could get some like extra opinions oh perfect and yeah yujiro does a really good job of leading up to hyping up the fight between him and baki even in this fight <laughs> um so we'll see you never know this is called completion maybe we're gonna get to see uh some completion here i have we'll, so we'll get I, to that later i have so much to say about the eventual baki yujiro fight and like what what even this episode is all about because it's <laughs> it's it's so confusing from the narrative perspective but um the non-confusing part is that baki is gonna fight muhammad ali jr and baki eventually comes mm-hmm. out and says like dad get out of here you're embarrassing me and yep. then Yujiro, I assume this is your other favorite part, is when he st- hits the drum. Yeah, I mean, first off, just amazing sound design. Um, Yujiro <laughs> hits the drum so hard, the drum explodes. Yeah. So you get this amazing sound of, like, a thing hitting heavy cloth, but not resonating, because the drum no longer is a drum. Um, but it's only the cloth that explodes, like, the drum shape maintains. It sounded really cool. Begin! He also, I, in the English dub, I think he's like, move it. Get lost. <laughs> Which was really funny. So like the guy whose only job is to bang the drum. <laughs> that poor guy, yeah. And like, what's he going to do now? His drum's done. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, so this fight. Um, so Muhammad Ali has learned a lot. Um, over the last few episodes he's learned how to fight with swords instead of can- uh, wooden swords um he wants oh, I, I didn't watch the episode before this but I, <laughs> I guess that's good foreshadowing because it clearly plays a role in this yeah um so he goes to punch um what's it called uh Oh, sorry. Yeah, so he goes He goes to, to punch Baki, and Baki immediately, uh, before he even really does anything, uh, knocks him on his ass with one punch. Editor Steve here. I wanted to add a clip to just sort of um, show that scene that we're talking about, but I didn't realize Muhammad Ali in this scene describes this fight like better than a radio play. Like, it's, it's like Shakespeare. The stage directions are in the dialogue. Go straight at him. Close the distance with courage. Here he comes. Into the firing range. I missed. He's so fast. He got me. That's it. The champion's so strong. Am I really going down? Um. <laughs> were yep. you surprised at all, Jeff? The first time you watched this? Well, honestly, no. Um, because it's such. you're not after watching Baki you're trained not to be surprised by this because honestly you don't know whether Baki actually hit him or whether this was a a dreamlike hallucination (laughs) that Muhammad Ali has begun having or if Baki is hypnotizing him into thinking that or if this is his way of hyping himself up you have no idea which of those it's going to be because it's like a slow motion punch where he's narrating the punch yeah Um, but Muhammad yeah, Ali gets up does, and goes, I've stored the kinetic energy from your punch in my chin. <laughs> you fool. Yeah. Uh, it's activated my poison glands. Yeah, so Muhammad Ali just gets decked. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and then Baki's just like, uh, you want to you wanna keep going, pal? 
I don't know what's the actual line. <laughs> no, I think that was more or less it. I, you gotta love uh, Troy Baker as Baki. Hey, bud. You wanna keep going? <laughs> and you put him on the finest 20-minute performances if you add up all of his lines across the season. <laughs> in, and, in and out of a day. Um, yeah. So Mohamed Ali does get up. Uh, he tells Baki that Baki's an idiot because that was the only chance he'll ever have to beat him. Um, and, you know, there's still like 20 minutes left in the episode. So, you know, everybody's hyped for whatever's going to happen. Uh, and then, um, what is it? Baki. So my, I, I just want to cut in here. Yep. I, I really emphasize, or sorry, empathize with Muhammad Ali's banter that he spews off to try and convince Baki that he's still in control of the fight here. Where mm-hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, you thought you'd have to punch me, but like, it's kill or be killed. So as long as I'm not dead we're going to keep going and you can tell in junior's mind he's just thinking i've watched all these ride tie tournament matches i i'm not in the driver's seat here <laughs> like he's trying to convince himself but like he's seen baki fight poison hand guy he's seen what happens to the people on the back foot he knows he's, he's on the back foot yeah he's realizing that he has become kyo joe literally because they yeah. both get kicked in the balls into submission <laughs> Yeah, so I, Baki, uh, having shown that he's learned the dirty fighting tactics of the death row inmates, completing his arc of the season, yeah. uh, just kicks Junior right in the balls. And what a way to lose on a kick! Like after the whole season of talking about how like I don't need to kick, I kick the earth, and then a guy just kicks you in the balls. <laughs> oh man, I didn't I didn't realize that parallel, but that had to be intentional for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Baki basically goes, uh, well, time to die, uh, and puts him into a sleeper hold um, with with the goal being, uh, I'm going to kill you. I think Baki actually says later, there was uh, no doubt that he would have died. He would have been dead. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yes. Um, I think it's at this point, it's worthwhile mentioning that uh, both Kozue and Tokugawa, the uh, 11th generation businessman, are Mm -hmm. in the audience, and we get to see a lot of what they're thinking. Uh, Kozue generally is terrified. Uh, Tokugawa looks on the edge of something. Um, (laughs) He's, like, very excited about what's going on in the arena generally, especially when Yujiro showed up. Um, But certainly at this point, Kozue's like, oh, my boyfriend is going to murder this guy. Uh, And she's not a fan. But she stays uh, as characteristically passive as she has the entire time, you know? It's, I, not, I mean, it's not her role to get in the middle of this. But she did come to watch. <laughs> that I don't know who invited her to this. Did, did Junior invite her? She had to come watch. Like, it's way worse if somebody murders your boyfriend and you stay at home. <laughs> she had to be there just in case. <laughs> Okay. Um, and maybe if maybe if Mohamed Ali Jr. killed Baki, she could run over and cry on him and bring him back to life. There's there's always the possibility. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. So uh, right before Baki can uh, murder a man in in cold blood. Now you're about to die. I guess in, it's not cold in broad blood. view of thousands of. <laughs> 
onlookers. Thousands of onlookers who look like they were having a great day. Um, somebody bursts from the stands, who, funnily enough, was hot, like basically doing what we said it would be funny for Yujiro to do, and just wearing like sunglasses yeah. and a trench coat. Uh, the champ, the real champ, Muhammad Ali Sr., uh, jumped in, punched Baki in the face, and saved his son's life. Great moment, in my opinion. Yeah, I I can't help but feel this was like if you if you didn't see this coming, like you haven't been watching the series, like the fact that we got Muhammad Ali out of his like retirement residence all the way to Japan, and you're like he's not gonna punch Baki, it's gotta happen. Um, it's just who he's gonna punch, and then you know he's not gonna complete the fight because they're not gonna have him lose, and he can't yeah. beat anybody that he fights yeah it was honestly it's so funny like throughout the show because I've, I've always said like that the the itagaki i think really loves muhammad ali and i yeah. feel like i mistakenly transferred a lot of that over to muhammad ali jr but i think at the end of the day <laughs> muhammad ali jr it may be a thought experiment of what if a young muhammad ali turned box into a martial art but i think the point of that statement is that um no, you can't replicate Muhammad Ali, and even my like fan fiction character who's trying to be Muhammad Ali is nowhere near the real deal. And I, th- I think I think that's like the takeaway: is like you can't you can't have another Muhammad Ali. His son sucks. Yes, I uh, I think it's like it's a preemptive response to the state of Muhammad Ali, who like you invented a character who's just like me but younger and they're like yeah yeah but he sucks and you're actually still in the universe and you're way better than (laughs) than this stupid oc and you get to beat up your son (laughs) and and it makes sense because he's in he's in crutches (laughs) oh man but you know what i did really i did really like um and uh baki's explanation for why junior lost the fight which i thought was fun um so he was so Muhammad Ali was talking about how he's his fighting style is hit without getting hit, um, which is the whole sting like a but or float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, dodge people and punch them. Uh, and mm-hmm. he extended that to kill without being killed. And Baki points out, "You tried to kill me, but you weren't willing to die yourself. Um, and because you don't have that commitment, that's why I beat you." Which I think basically boils down to at its core the art of dodging people's punches is not as good as the art of getting hit by people's punches and just being stronger than them yeah i i think that's the indictment of junior right is he's muhammad ali's strategy of float like a butterfly sting like a bee but he's floating like a butterfly because he's as fragile as a butterfly not because he's just like thinks it's economical to dodge punches Mm -hmm. uh like he, he's he's too high in his own supply um one interesting corollary of baki's statement is that it is like it explains his view of how the death row inmates became so powerful was like they tried to die on death row which means they were they suddenly like gained a bunch of power levels they all really were, they were more than prepared to die they were disappointed to be alive yeah which is like that's I feel like that's like maybe the first stage of Baki enlightenment. And they were like, 
oh no yeah you think it's okay to just like intentionally try and die and be disappointed come over to japan we'll teach you a thing or two editor steve uh we're, we're not going to talk about this part of the episode but i did want to throw in the clip um is the reaction when muhammad ali joins the fight um it's just it's probably the best name dropping of the season no way was that ali whoa really muhammad ali seriously it is it's him it's muhammad ali he's really here oh man uh so yeah that's uh that's that's muhammad ali he lost um this is his last episode by the way um he'll he'll never be back there's still one more scene of him but um oh yeah uh, it's quite a scene it's quite a scene <laughs> do we do we want to go to that and then come back to the whole like uh uh yujiro stuff <laughs> um yeah let's let's jump to let's jump to after the fight we'll, we'll come back to the yujiro stuff but yeah. i also want to hit the locker room with kozue i assume we're starting there yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so after the fight oh, which some some big event occurs during the fight just wait and see um, but we cut back to Kozue talking to Baki where he's like where she's like oh you uh you basically knocked him out in one punch and then Baki's like don't say that he was really powerful and Kozue's like I, I don't think so <laughs> you almost killed him and Baki's just like he's just not having it he's like I'm the strongest I'm, I'm super buff and there's nothing you can say about it, Kozue. And Kozue just goes, you're really strong. Uh, I'm going home alone. Yeah. And then leaves. And she goes straight to Muhammad Ali Jr., which is very confusing. Yeah. Um, I don't... So, yeah. Uh, first, I want to get out of the way. This show is famous for its disgusting depictions of the human body. And Muhammad Ali Jr. crying <laughs> is off the wall one of the weirdest things I've seen in my entire life. He's like overflowing with water just all over the place. um just so much tears lots of, yeah lots and mucus, of yeah he's gonna need a lot of sugar water to get back in in shape <laughs> after this he's really <laughs> deprived he he literally has a point where like Kozue says something and he shakes his head no so vigorously that tears and snot fly onto Kozue's face. Like it's it's yes, disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It's it's weirdly symbolic. Like Kozue ends up just like covered in liquid all over her face. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's very it's it's a very odd scene. Um and I think well, first off, there's a great part where it flashes back to where he's been so cocky over the season, um, <laughs> and he goes like, "Marry me, Kozue." Stacy's just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then it shows like all yeah. those pictures in the background. Of their, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
And then uh, it ends with Kozue just giving him a hug, I think. Yeah, and uh, this is the last we ever see of Kozue. So I, she doesn't say it out loud, but I do think she might just go off and live with Muhammad Ali Jr. So Being like, yeah, what... he's less manly than Baki, but I mean, Baki also almost committed murder. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I don't know if, if, if your big issue is committing murder. I don't know if I just go for the guy who would have committed murder, but he just got his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so... so Rewatching this, I it was crazy to me that I'd forgotten this is the last we see of Kozway because it does sort of like it ends with her talking with Baki, getting frustrated, and then embracing Muhammad Ali Jr. Um, so I wanted to do some research, and can I can I tell you the the what I found uh, in the in the manga of, of uh, the absolutely okay. So, I'm pre- so I've talked before about how Kozue doesn't really show up after this, and mm-hmm. I think I've found two instances that she does. I think that she shows up at some point before Baki has a big fight very briefly. Um, but there's also a chapter which, um, from what I can tell, uh, the the people commenting on this chapter were legitimately saying that uh, Itagaki wrote this to make the people asking where's Kozue to shut up. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's way after this, but it's a flashback to this moment. Um, and it continues the conversation. So what Kozue says is, um, basically, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, um, I did, uh, you know, love you as a mother loves their son. Um, and <laughs> I, there's, there will never be anything romantic between us. And I think you misunderstood your feelings, Muhammad Ali, because you've just never been with a woman before. You've never even loved, you've never even had motherly love with a woman. Um, yeah. Which is a, it's a common thing to get misunderstood when, um, as a 25 year old, uh, you start trying to date a high schooler and she actually loves you <laughs> like a mother loves a child. <laughs> yeah, and you, her. Uh, yeah. That, that, uh, it's a common mistake to make. I, I didn't know that. That's uh, it's rough for both of them, I guess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It, the 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 chapter ends with her. Um, I I think just seeing Baki. So they're still together. Um. So all, oh, all the fantastic. Yeah. All the shippers out there. It's funny because if, if there were any shippers, they would definitely not want Baki and Ghostway together. <laughs> <laughs> the Retsu Retsu Doyle fans. Um, yeah, so, okay, so going back, the, the big event of this episode is that, uh, well, why, why don't you explain it, Jeff? Uh, Baki has some stuff to say to Yujiro. Yeah, so I have him written down as, a uh, fight me, but I think maybe he says a little more than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have, Baki says, fight me, and then my notes, at last, his arc begins? <laughs> It's and it's um, like it's, yeah. Keep, keep yeah, going. It's a wonderful. So it's a wonderful little scene. Baki uh, basically calls Yujiro out. I forget the order everything happens, but he he calls Yujiro out. He's like, "I want to fight you." We flash back to like Baki's childhood, and Baki is like standing up to Yujiro with who's like bullying his mom before mm-hmm. killing her off screen. I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he just he just decks Baki to the floor. It's like, oh, ha, ha, you're you're a weakling. Uh, and then the narrator comes in and introduces Baki to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Baki Hanma, son of Yujiro Hanma, who's often called the world's strongest man. Baki's mother was killed by that very same Yujiro Hanma. It's like it's like the coolest thing ever that our main character gets introduced to the audience in an episode called Completion, which is the final episode that features him of the se- of like the entire series. Um, not counting like this is the the Netflix series. This is the yeah. last one that has Baki. But he comes back in Baki Hanma. Don't worry. But yeah, it's uh. It's really interesting that they're like, this is Baki. He has a beef with his dad, Yujiro, because Yujiro killed his mom. And you're like, well, that makes things make a little more sense. Yeah, that's the first time it's been mentioned in the entire in the entire Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, this is why the show's called Baki. I guess it's been leading up to this fight. <laughs> Completion between Baki and Yujiro. Uh, and Yujiro comes back with like, he accepts the challenge. Um, in a very very odd way, um, he's he. So I watched the the Japanese subtitles before I watched the yeah uh, the English dub. In the English dub, he's like, "You've handled your cravings. You've been able to like get through eating and fighting, blah blah blah." Oh yeah. But yeah. in in the subtitles, he talks about eating stuff, and instead of having sex, he says feeding on women's bodies. <laughs> which I just thought was a really fun line. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, and then he says he's gonna eat him. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, treat him as prey. Yeah. Ah, the ogre's acknowledging him. He's actually recognizing Baki as his enemy. And now that your style's perfected, you'll become my prey. <laughs> prey? He's going to treat him, he's like, Baki, you're finally able to graduate to be a worthy prey. Um, He also looks to Kozue and says like, hey Kozue, looks like you've been uh, having sex with Baki real good. Keep up the good work. Um, Kozue is mortified. I don't think Yujiro makes a lot of friends, so maybe he's just trying to (laughs) keep up on what's going on in her life. Yeah, and then Baki, he comes back with some witty repartee like, are you senile or something? Which Yujiro thinks is a joke. Yeah. I was not. I was on the fence whether it was it contained any humor value. Yujiro's um, one of those Yujiro, guys. If he goes senile, I'm not going to be the one to tell him. Like, <laughs> there's, there's not yeah. gonna, any psychiatrist is not going to declare him senile, as he would, um, well, kill him. <laughs> yeah. I also want to quickly call out Yujiro has a, a moment here where. He goes from his like casual face to a serious face, and his serious face is really funny. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but it's like it's like he's kidding about the whole thing. Like you, you get the sense that maybe he's he's not really into it, but he's, it's, he's just it's really doing it funny. for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So that leads into uh, probably my favorite part of the episode, which is everybody we've ever seen on the show. Um, up to a certain bar of relevance, uh, reacting to the news. Um, I was going to say, I think, that... I think like Suedo is the bar. Like, if you're more important than Suedo, you get we get to see your reaction. There were people who I did not recognize at all. 
um, <laughs> having watched every episode of the season. Um, I was still like, I, there was a point where I was like, who are these guys? I think maybe these guys are these guys. And then there was more people. And I was like, I do not know who these people are. Which, which ones did you not know? I, I knew everybody except one guy. Because I don't think he was in the entire show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that's fair. Uh, there were some that I suspected weren't in it. Um, but there was the like old, the like other Dorian clone who's like way smaller. I thought maybe he was the guy who fought Yanagi. Yeah, that was Matobe. And the guy he was talking okay. to had never been in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Editor Steve, I just wanted to add a clip of Matobe talking to who I assume is his apprentice. But even in this scene, uh, the apprentice apparently doesn't know Matobe's name. Matobe's name? I don't know. It's very odd. To be honest, I don't really feel I'm powerful enough to face the ogre myself. You're right. Oh, wait. Should I have said that? Of course not, you idiot! But it's still true. You're powerless against the ogre, whoever you may be. Hmm. That so that's what I thought. But then there were some guys with red hair. That oh that so that's Kiraha and Kosho. Uh, so the doctor guy and the guy who tried to uh, the guy who could rip your nerves out with his fingers. <laughs> so that's the nerves guy. I have no idea who he is. He he um, um he's the guy he, Doyle exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was a while ago that was like jack's second episode but yeah kosho shinogi okay. um i completely forgot about as well uh it, when i first saw him yeah but yeah we we get to um, see uh retsu uh retsu katsumi and kato are all talking uh it's fun seeing the pairings like jack hanma's talking to antonia gari what did you say baki hanma issued a challenge and his father, Yujiro, has accepted. Uh, Man, uh, that Antonio Gari, that voice actor, um, phoned it in. He has, like, I, <laughs> I don't know if they got the voice actor. It felt like it was, maybe it was just Jack doing a voice. <laughs> it could have been Jack doing a voice. And, like, I don't know. They all, they all have varying degrees of making any sense. Like, uh, I always forget his name, but Dopo Arachi and the other guy. Goki, yeah. Mr. Shibukawa. Yeah, Goki. So Arachi and Goki, they're talking at the beginning, and they're like, oh, do you think you could beat Baki? And they're like, this is great snake whiskey. <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> all right. Hey, Shibukawa, do you think that you could defeat Baki? You know, this liquor is a bit strong, but it's quite tasty. It was a gift. Habu snake liquor from a friend in Okinawa. Sure, but they're, they're kind of like the heavy hitters of the season. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is like when you do a curtain call and like two unrelated characters that had a lot of lines are just like out at the same time. But yeah, some of the pairings are bizarre. I guess Retsu is still training with the Shinshinkai army. So that's and why I, he's there. And Kato as I guess, still Katsumi's new master? Like... I don't know what Kato was teaching him anyway, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're they're there and they're talking. And then, yeah, Jack just benching stuff while another guy walks up to him. My favorite, and I'm sure all the fan favorites as well, Hanayama, who <laughs> I have no context for. I still don't understand. I've watched it a few times. It makes no sense, and it's different in the dubs. Um, oh really really okay because the dub the um, was very confusing 
Yeah. <laughs> so in the sub, it sounded like so it's just Hanayama in a bar drinking, face mm-hmm. fully healed. <laughs> um, somehow, <laughs> I guess maybe he also took a trip to China and fought a different tournament. It was like <laughs> healed his face. He fought, he fought in the the Greek version of the Raitai. <laughs> yeah. So it's just him and a flunky who's like part of his criminal organization. Who's from episode four. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize that. So yeah, flunky from episode four. He's talking about, um, he's just like, Baki's agreed to fight Yujiro Hanma. Uh, should we like, you know, take out Yujiro? And Hanayama's like, no, let him live. <laughs> Or something along those lines. Like, in both contexts, it's as if somebody's like, should we go kill one of them? And Hanayama's like, nah. Well, don't it, do it. it. it it's, like, like, oh. it's like implying that Baki fighting Yujiro is somehow going to affect his Yakuza clan. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> nobody's going to respect Hanayama if Baki's the strongest high schooler. <laughs> so, I, I thought it was more... I, I got the feeling Hanayama and Baki were pals... And this was like as a favor to Baki. Should we go kill his opponent? Which they're it. not going to succeed. Yeah, Yujiro has canonically fought the United States military, which yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I take them over uh, Hanayama's y- y- Yakuza clan, but who knows? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know anybody in the U.S. military who can split a phone book with just their fingers. <laughs> Gary, Gary Stratum will give it a shot. <laughs> my my favorite of these encounters by the way has got to be jack hanma because coming off his amazing like steak eating performance the voice okay. actor does like an exasperated sigh which is just like <laughs> like I actually find I before this rewatch, I hated Jack Hanma's voice actor. I think he sounds like um I don't know, just a really lame, like buff, snidely whiplash type of guy. But yeah. um on the rewatch, he puts everything into it and I I <laughs> really enjoy I really, listening. I feel like he does a great job of sounding like what you would get if you got Jack to voice himself. Um <laughs> Like really rough, gravelly, strong, and just not interested in acting. Um, yeah, like <laughs> it does sound like, like they didn't get an actor; they just got a really strong guy. Yeah, I can see it being like maybe some WWE guy or like UFC fighter was like, "They're making a Baki anime. Get me in that. I love Baki." All right, all right. Now, Jack, can you um make some eating sounds? Oh yeah, yeah, I got this. Um, yum, yum, yum. He just like pulls out a hamburger. <laughs> Why'd you bring that in here? Oh, don't worry. I do this in every episode. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so they all they all go and um, they go to a different abandoned stadium. Uh, okay, it's... just just quickly, Baki and Dopo also have their <laughs> oh, own. Oh, of course, meeting. of course, yes. Yeah, we got we got a where Dopo's like, why haven't we ever? Oh, he asks Baki, we've known each other a long time, haven't we? And honestly, I think Baki's response is to go like, maybe. Have we? <laughs> and I also don't think Dopo cares or knows. Yeah. Um, but he, Baki looks at his foot and he's like, oh, if I say we haven't fought, are you going to kick me in the face? 
um, Dup was like, well, we're both trying to be the strongest you can be, right? And then Baki gives his little line about how, I, I've, I'm sure we've heard it on the podcast. It's like, I'm I've not quoted trying to be it so many world. times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just tells Dup, we're like, no, I'm not like any of you guys. I want to be strong to beat my dad, not because I want to be the strongest in the world. My dad just happens to be the strongest in the world. And then and then we can see Dopo and Shibukao just being like, this guy's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? What a coincidence. Can you believe that kid? Oh my. He says it's coincidence his dad's the world's strongest man. <laughs> and that's not his reason for doing this. Well, then I have to say, that's bad luck on his part. <laughs> yeah. That's what every... Okay, so... Setting the stage for the final part of the episode, mm -hmm. we get a countdown appear on the screen. A countdown to nothing. Countdown to 8 p.m. Japan. Yeah, it's a 24-hour clock. It just doesn't. It looks like a countdown because it just says like 1955. Yeah. Um, and then we go to an arena. This is an above-ground arena, which I I had no idea until I rewatched this episode. I didn't know they But exist. it's just an Yeah, it's an above ground arena that all the fighters have access to that nobody's in. And they just of their own accord have decided to come sit in the arena. Nobody uh, wants to sit together, by the way. They're all in the same groups from before spread across an no. entire arena. <laughs> exactly. Uh and they're all just watching Baki stand there. Um as the as the time just keeps on ticking. And they, they continue their conversations. Uh, like, mm -hmm. that's where Dopo and Goki are just kind of like, ho, 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 yeah, he is different, I guess. Um, I, when, when I remembered this episode and you told me about it, I really thought Dopo and Goki were talking about fighting the, each other. But they're not. They're just talking about how great Baki is and how he might fight his dad. Yeah. So, yeah, then... <laughs> what? And I... so then... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the first one to start commenting that something's happening, I think, is Kiraha, like, the doctor guy who's done nothing in this whole series. And he says something like, I think Baki's going to manifest something in the next four to five minutes. I think he's waiting for his vision to take shape. <laughs> it better be soon. With the willpower he possesses, I'd say maybe four or five more minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jack joins in. He goes, oh. You gotta watch this to his friend who doesn't seem to understand what's happening, yeah. as anybody in this scenario would, especially the viewers. But I mean, the thought is this is a big arena rented out clearly, there's nobody else there. It's surrounded by all the best fighters, and they're watching Baki in the center of the arena in an episode called Completion, where we were introduced to the idea of Baki having a grudge against his father. So, what do we think is gonna happen? The answer, of course, is Baki is going to think so hard about fighting his father that a ghost will appear. <laughs> that uh, everyone can see. That everyone can see. Once this ghost appears, we cut to a reaction shot from everybody in the arena, one by one. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. What? No way. Oh. Huh? Um, and they're all astounded that Ghost Yujiro has appeared. Then we cut to Tanzania. Serengeti. <laughs> yeah, Tanzania. Uh Meanwhile, 
in the United Republic of Tanzania, East Africa, in the Serengeti National Park, where Yujiro is about to fight a literal lion. Uh, and then he looks over as if he can realize that he's being ghost manifested. The narrator makes a specific point to call out, ah, it's the same time. It's like 2 p.m. in Tanzania and 7 o'clock in Japan. Japan. And then that's the episode. And the, and the series. That's the end of Baki. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the end of Baki. <laughs> next, next the, yeah, the fight with Ghost Yujiro does not start, by the way, if anyone was thinking that. They just look at each other. Um, yeah. And that's that. Oh, I it's it's one of the wildest endings. Also, that lion he was gonna fight is fucking ripped. Like, <laughs> I wanted. Yeah, I, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to spoil. Yeah, don't. Uh, any of your pre your future episodes, but like obviously, animals in the Baki verse. Like we've seen Dopo and his tiger, and now we've seen Yujira and a lion. They're clearly like there's something else. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a reason they call him the strongest creature. Um, yep. but yeah, so basically <laughs> I, I had two points on this one, uh, more of just a note that we're going to be talking a lot about this manifesting, um, people into existence, uh, next season. Um, because that's, you know, Baki doesn't, Baki up until now hasn't really had much of a gimmick, I guess, other than being poisoned and having sex. Um, and his, his next, his next level up is a lot of fun. Um, but I guess just structurally on the whole episode, I wanted to talk about um, how this whole episode implies that um, Baki is now ready to fight his dad. Um, now, we've both watched mm-hmm. the entire next season. Do you think that this lines oh, yeah. up with where the plot goes? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, in a way, yes. Uh, but not in the way the viewer would expect. Uh, like, I, I think you kind of have to understand more about the Baki verse, right? Like, uh, we, we saw we saw Muhammad Ali Jr. just wail on a bunch of people in the Raitai tournament. Like, just effortlessly obliterate them as part of the Japan-America winners coalition, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, and that was to show he's on another level. This arc at the end was to show he's not on Baki's level, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Baki is not on Yujiro's level. Yeah, he's like he's taken that step up, maybe by almost murdering Junior, and like now Yujiro's like you're on my level, and Baki first has to figure out like what that means. I think before he can actually fight him. Yeah, well, we'll get to see what that means next season. Um, Baki's gonna have a fun hurdle in his way um, but yeah uh, man we are I think we might set a record on this episode there's so much to talk about um, <laughs> Jeff uh, you've now watched this episode and you'd watched it previously and you've watched the entire show um, so I, I know that what you think about Baki what did you think about this episode what would you give it out of 10 <laughs> Uh, I would continue to give this episode about uh, like a two and a half out of ten. It's uh, it's like one of the worst standalone episodes of all time. I would say, like <laughs> e- even for Baki, it's setting a very low standard. And I, you can enjoy it if you've watched the whole series, but like it, it has 
no connecting threads between the two stories except like vague allegorical high level themes um and like deliberately doesn't resolve plot threads um i guess it resolves junior's plot but like it also calls into question what it was um, oh yeah because it, like, it makes you wonder why did it, make, it makes you wonder why did we spend four episodes on this <laughs> it really does it really does I think it's just because they couldn't make the the start of the next season last long enough to fill it out. Um, so yeah, I, I I would rate it low, but the the experience of the season high is what I would say. Yeah, it was a good season. I was thinking back about that, and I I feel like the Death Row Inmate Saga is honestly like a slow burn. It's just ten dudes walking around Tokyo and bumping into each other and then fighting them, like. This yeah. season was very purpose-driven. Yes, I agree with that, though I also don't think the Death Row Inmates is a slow burn. I think it's kind of like a quick burn, and then there's no fire for like ten episodes. <laughs> You're right. The fire the fire burns out, and then we have to find Retsu in the mall when he walks in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you for coming back on the podcast, Jeff. It's been a blast. Um... And that's all the Baki we've got to talk. This is not the season finale. I know we said that a few times in the episodes called Completion, but there is a bonus episode next week uh, where we find out what those death row inmates are up to. So uh, make sure to tune into that, and then there'll be probably a two-week break. But once again, that's all the Baki we've got to talk. So see you all next week. Bye-bye, Baki Talkie crew! Friday.